0: Lead us up to Easter, and before that, Good Friday, and so we come in this time to focus on our own journeys towards the cross, and our journeys towards God, and our journeys towards being more like Jesus. So for the next um, few weeks, we're going to be focusing on less is more, and we're going to be talking about giving up some things over the next few weeks, and we're not talking about giving up um, chocolate, or ice cream, or even Facebook, (laughs) we're talking about giving up guilt, and giving up noise, and consumption, and spending, and other things, to make space for grace, and listening, compassion, and peace giving up some things we don't want, or some things we have to make space for. So today we're talking about confession. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the word confession? The confessional box. The confessional box. And what do you do in a confessional box? <laughs> What's that? Confess your sins. How often should you go to the Every time you sin, every time. Whoa, maybe it's We just don't. If you don't so there's a regularity of the sinning that you're doing, right? That needs to be invested in a certain way, in a certain place, in a certain time. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> um. And, but I am talking about acknowledging to ourselves things that we long to keep hidden, and letting go of the guilt that those keeping those things hidden creates, and making space for the forgiveness that God is there to offer us already. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist. And before he was baptized by John the Baptist, there Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to get the connection. 40 days of Lent, 40 days in the wilderness. 40 is a big number in the Bible, and it means a long time. So Lent is a long time. So, Jesus is in the wilderness, and then he comes, Be baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And this story is told in the beginning of the book of John, the Gospel of John. And it's told in this way that in this beautiful poem about God coming into the world, world, the Word being made flesh and dwelling among us in this beautiful language about who God is and who Jesus is and how Jesus shows us who God is. And near the end of that poem are these words. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law, indeed, was given through Moses. Grace and truth. Came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. And then it talks about John, and who John says Jesus is, and who John says John is, and trying to figure out the actuality of Jesus walking on earth and people understanding who he was and so when Jesus when Jesus is walking towards John and John sees him this is the beginning this is the like opening scene of the movie of Jesus ministry John says here if you've heard those words a lot of times, and you've thought about the depth of their meaning, they're pretty profound. And if you haven't heard those words before, they're pretty weird. (laughs) The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's who Jesus is. Now, we're not going to talk about the eschatological idea of Jesus and the world and the redemption of the world and how everything in creation was changed in the cross and in the resurrection. That's all good. But for me, and for you, it's also about Jesus showing me who God is and making a path. In my life, where I have put up barriers, in order for me to be able to move closer to the heart of the matter, and that's what I think Len is about—taking down those things that we've put up in our path between us. I have thought a lot about what sin is, and at various times in my life, I have had different understandings of what sin was. But I have come to understand over the past few years that I don't believe sin is a list of things that you should not do, and I don't believe that I haven't sinned necessarily if I haven't even done anything on those on that list because. Sin is not as simple as that, or sin is more complicated than that, whichever way you want to look at it. But there's not a list of things that I can avoid, and then I'm all good, right? If I just don't do those things, then me and God were really good. <laughs> but maybe if I do this other thing, then actually me and God were not actually that good because I and' the wall there, maybe because I feel guilty about something else. Sin is anything that I do, or you do, that stands between us and God. Something that keeps us further away. that separate us are not just about the thing that we did or the thing that we didn't do but sometimes it becomes more about the guilt that we have about the thing that we did or we didn't do because sometimes those things that we did or we didn't do might have been significant at the time but you know after years of thinking about that thing that we did or we didn't do, it becomes bigger. And it becomes a much bigger barrier between me and God because I'm still holding on to that thing. And I'm still feeling guilty about it. And I'm still ashamed to tell anybody that I did that thing or I didn't do that thing. And that is a larger barrier between me and God than that thing that I did. And sometimes those things that we did or didn't do and that guilt that we carry lead us to do more things that we have guilt and shame about because we're trying to cover up that thing that we didn't do or we did do. And so we guilt this bigger barrier between us and God and it all starts out with this little tiny thing that we did or we didn't do and then the shame. And guilt we have about that thing. God loves us even when we do that thing or we don't do that thing. And we're the ones who give that guilt and shame power when we create the barrier. God already knows that thing that we're hiding from ourselves, that thing that we're hiding from God. And so it's us that we're really hiding it from, that thing that we put in that back corner over there that we don't really want to get out because we actually articulated that thing that had happened then we think it would be bigger than it is. But in actuality Most of the time it makes it smaller than it actually was. And it loses its power over us no matter what it was when we name it before God and before ourselves and maybe before someone else if we need that. When I think about this way that Jesus takes away our sin, and this compassion and love and grace that God offers to us. It makes me think of this image that Jesus, this way that Jesus described himself. And this was not that long before he died. And he was on this journey that was kind of towards Jerusalem and then away from Jerusalem because when he got to Jerusalem he was going to die and he knew that and so there was this day when he was near Jerusalem and Jerusalem is in the valley and there are mountains around it and i've been to the place where this story of jesus there's a plaque that has his words on it. And so when I hear these words, I think about Jesus standing there looking at that city. Looking at that city today and looking at that city right before that city was going to kill him. <coughs> and in the Gospel of Jerusalem, Jerusalem! You who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you, and he doesn't say it, but he. You didn't want that. Jesus is saying to the people who are going to kill him, I want to embrace you with grace. I want to offer you forgiveness, and you won't let me. And if Jesus can say that to the people who are going to kill him, could we think there was anything that we have ever done that we can't be forgiven for? That there's nothing we couldn't confess. That there couldn't be enough grace. amazing image that Jesus draws of himself as a mother hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. To just imagine that love and warmth and shelter that Jesus wants to offer to all of those people, to all of us. That's This image of Jesus as Reminds me of the story of that Rob Bell tells in a Numa video that's called Love. And we've had the movie for a long time, eight years, so I've seen it a few times, and I've shared it with other people and some of you. And it's the story of his son his son's guilt and shame about something. And you don't even really know what it is, but it has to do with a ball. And there is this ball that shows up and eventually his mother says, tell me about that. And instead of telling her, he is so ashamed of whatever has happened that he goes and hides for a really long time. And when his father finally goes to look for him, all over the house he looks and he finds him alone in the bottom of his parents' bed under all of the covers. He's a sweaty mess. And so, he goes over to the bed, and he uncovers his son. And he knows that there are things that will have to be done, and apologies made, and ball needs to go back to wherever it belongs, and there has been wrong. But he sits on the edge of that bed, and he says to his son, there's nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. There's nothing you could ever do. he is, hiding under those covers, and wraps his arms around his father and plants his head in the middle of his chest, and he cries and he sobs, and he is so ashamed and so guilty from this thing that he's done. And his father just continues to say, do you know? believe me that there's nothing you could ever do to make me love you less? Nothing. Nothing you could ever do to make me love you less. And if Rob Bell can love his son like that, shouldn't we love us like that. It doesn't mean there's no consequences for things we've done. It doesn't mean that there's things that we've done that don't matter at all. It just means that there is grace, and there is mercy, and there is love, no matter Our shame and our guilt is nothing compared to that law. So I invite you. If you feel the need to confess, not right now, except to yourself or to God. But to think about what it is that needs to be said out Maybe in the privacy of your room. Or maybe to someone else. So that that shame and that guilt that has been a weight in your life can be let go. So that there can be space for grace for you. Because God has grace for you if you only make space to accept it, it's there already. something we've been trying to do, something we're going to continue to do for ourselves. But as we do it, we find ways to share grace with other people, and we've been working on this, mm-hmm. making space for grace in Portland and in Maine and beyond. So these um, pictures show you where um, there has been space for grace made, someplace. In our world, and what's really um, great for me is to think like how somebody reads that. When they read that phrase, "make space for grace," does what does it? Does that speak to them like, "Oh, I should make space for grace for other people. I should make space for grace for myself. Somebody made space for grace for me." Now that's a quick photo. This was a part of the tip. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 You'll never know who took after That we've been carrying around, that guilt and that shame, can be Michael. And the grace that God is offering us can have permanent resonance.